0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, it's Thursday. No guests on this podcast. Um, If y'all are watching on YouTube, we will break this up into two parts: football uh, episode and a basketball episode. If you're listening, it's all together. So, congratulations. Um, But let's start with the football. Actually, how are you doing today? Let's
1: let's get. Wow! Wow! You know. Woke up at like eight something to let the dogs outside. And I didn't realize that my backyard likes to pool water when it rains. So they got the dogs not messy. Like it's like my yard. Like it's like like this. Like you go. Yeah, it's like it's like this. So like in the center of the yard. So this weekend, if it doesn't rain, I'm going to do like a like a barrier garden thing against the fence because the dogs next door. My house like to try to get after my dogs and I'm going to take that sod. I'm going to fill it if if that's if it's not raining this weekend though because if it's raining then it's all for nothing you know
0: yeah interesting interesting yeah. handyman you're, you know handyman you're going to single-handedly change the fabric of the earth i mean it's not like it's like feet deep it's like maybe like 2
1: inches of i well, red, so I, I, I mean you feeling. could go
0: buy like sand or something as well but i'd rather
1: already have grass on it sand's okay. a good idea you could level your yard with sand
0: my funny I've story had- growing up um <laughs> growing up we lived on the on the top of like right before it like became like a drastic hill mm. and but our backyard was already kind of slanted and so my parents once summer were like you know let's let's level this out they got a ton of sand to try to level it they get up you <laughs> start going and eventually they just gave up like really like really early in the process so for the longest time we just had like a bed of sand Oh. at the bottom <laughs> oh my god <gosh. laughs> on the right side of the yard and it just i mean until we moved out when i was 13 or so and eventually grass grew over like you said but like no it's just yeah i just yeah i've been out. deep in the youtube landscaping rabbit hole it's one thing about colin for those obviously who maybe do or don't know him he when he gets involved in something he tries to learn every single thing there is about it yeah
1: and then i realized that i can't afford it and that's what I'm learning about this landscaping thing. You know how much mulch costs? Jesus Christ, dude. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> some grass seed? If a man wants some grass seed, trying right. to overseed his yard? I don't even... It's, it's not even, like, for a thing. You know how like, I feel like a lot of... Sorry, tangent. I know how a lot of people, like, they want, like, your yard to look nice so it looks better than their neighbor's. In my case, I just want it, want it to look nice. You know what I mean? Like, I go mm-hmm. outside, I'm mowing the yard, and I'm like, dang, this is trash. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying?
0: So... Just trying to. That's good. You hold yourself to a high standard. The the homeowners association will love you. That's good. Let me tell you, I hate homeowners associations.
1: But, you know.
0: (laughs) What did did HOA do to you?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Apparently, apparently they limit dogs here in my neighborhood. Like, you're not allowed to have more than two dogs. Mm. They're like, uh, yeah, massive fines, you know, whatever. Not allowed to, like, stain your fence unless you get, like, approval, like an architectural plan. Yeah. To give them. I didn't do that. I didn't know that when we got our fence stained, we bought the house. So hey, if you guys are listening, come
0: get me. <laughs> <laughs> this is Colin snitching on himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh yeah, Colin will not be getting another dog anytime soon. That's all right. He's got the two. I only um, need two. He's got the two. Plenty of, of work for him. Um, all right, let's let's talk football. Enough mm-hmm. about mulch. Memphis, North Texas. Memphis North Texas, uh, Saturday, two p.m. Another two o'clock game. I'm getting tired of these, for being honest, but well, I, I don't mind them. Well, you don't because you have the night game with LSU. <laughs> I, yeah, but in general though, I don't mind them because well, for the most part, to this point in the season, they've been on ESPN or CBS That's Network. True. That is somewhere. fair. That's they've been, been like actually actual, on television, actual TV. This game, however, will be on ESPN Plus. So. You know, you wish if it's on ESPN plus, you might as well make it a night game. You know, I think this is homecoming week, too, for North Texas. So I kind of wish they could make it a night game if it's homecoming, Uh, especially with the magnitude of this game. I think this means a lot coming Mm -hmm. off of the Tulane game and Temple game. Um, But in general, let's start with the Memphis, you know, generalities get to know Memphis five and two overall, two and one in the in the American um, here's their schedule so far. Win over Bethune-Cookman by 42. Win over Arkansas State by 34. Win over Navy by 4, 28-24. Lost to Missouri on the road, 34-27. Win over Boise State, 35-32. Lost to Tulane, 31-21. And a win over UAB, 45-21. to um, I watched that UAB game. So I think I've watched in total, if you put everything together, I watched the first half of the UAB game. I watched most of that Tulane game because I was scouting Tulane, and then I actually this morning I went back and watched um, the first half of their game against Missouri. Actually, first three quarters of their game against Missouri. Mm-hmm. So you put that together, I have a pretty feel like I have a pretty good feel for what this Memphis team is. Um, in the second half against UAB last week, they outscored them twenty four to zero and just shut them out, put them away forty five to twenty one for the win. So. Um, that was a good performance Tulane like we talked about that was a pretty good showing from from Memphis to hang in there have a lead for a lot of the game and eventually you know even though you lose showed up the Missouri game I think was probably their best game of the season Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start with Memphis but like that Missouri game they played their butts off. Um defensively, you're going against uh, Luther Burden at receiver, Brady Cook at quarterback like a really good offense. And I thought Memphis played really solid defensively and Seth Hennigan and company uh did did a nice job uh moving the ball as well. He went 34 31 of 47. i uh, did have the two picks, but I didn't think they were like bad, awful interceptions. Yeah. Uh they ran the ball pretty well against Missouri. Um Oh no! Hold on, wait. Let me. Well, it's it depends how you categorize with the sacks and without sacks. So I mean, with the sacks, they average three yards per carry. Um, but regardless, I thought they actually hung in there really well through three quarters. And but if, I'm looking for the third down numbers. Yeah, yeah. And it, nothing. Missouri's
1: really good this year.
0: They held Missouri to zero of eight on third downs. Yeah. Like I I, I noticed. That. I didn't know the numbers, but yeah, zero of eight on third downs that Memphis defense was really good in that game. So that's uh that's kind of an overarching view what I've seen of Memphis so far. Cool. Where do you want to where do you want to start when attacking this? What what Which? My
1: my thing is we need so leaving the Tulane game we need to level or decide what our expectations need to be going into this game. Is it going to be a situation where it's okay now it's a 50-50 shot that they have a chance to beat this Memphis team because they hung their own against Tulane. Or is it going to be a situation where we think North Texas is going to come back down to earth a little bit? I am of the mindset of the latter, unfortunately, Um, more so because of what Memphis has done thus far and not what North Texas has done. Um, I think it's really hard to, I, I put Memphis and Tulane pretty close. Obviously Tulane, I think is a tier above, but I think Memphis is really close to being in that, you know, upper echelon of, of group of five teams. And with that being said, I think that it's going to be really hard for North Texas to come out, play a tough two lane opponent,
0: give it your all and then do it again. That's a good point. Uh to get up for back-to-back games. That's probably the hardest part of this stretch of death is the mental side of it. Yeah. Where I'll be you had a bye week fairly early. But now you rip through these four games and you take that I don't want to call it a gut punch, but you put a lot into that two lane game. Both everything
1: the- into that two lane game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Both schematically, you know, the onside kick, right? You're not because you're not going to get another onside kick like that. Teams will have prepared now that you've done that. Like stuff like that. Um, maybe quick plays, maybe fourth down plays uh, that they went to. Uh, teams will have scouted now because you ran five of them last game. Like there's a lot of things where you put on tape that much effort to win a game, which you should. Now you face a Memphis team that is going to come prepared yeah it's very very good like i mean then we watched the oh i forgot we mentioned we watched the navy game too yeah memphis versus navy early in the season week three i think it was and navy hung in there with them uh for a while i think um it actually came down to what i know navy navy was early memphis came back but regardless this is a memphis team that with seth hennigan and i think a pretty good running back group it feels like a veteran esque veteran-ish ball club that's just knows what they can do and i think this is a much better team than it was last year when north texas had a chance to win mm-hmm. um, but outside of the australian pick sixes so i think going back to your point of setting expectations i am concerned that north texas put had to put so much into that two lane game to try to come back um i think it was obviously good that they did come back and showed a pulse yeah showed offensive you know the offense can come alive against a defense like that. The defense can get stops, but at the same time now it's all right, get up and do it again. Yeah. If, if you go down 21 to zero, come back again. Like it gets tiring at a certain point, whenever you face these good teams and you take those punches in the mouth, they, they stack up pretty well. You hope that you wouldn't have to put
1: your defense in a situation to go down 21. Oh, again. Um, but, I think that for North Texas, in order for North Texas to beat Memphis, it's going to have to be another flawless type of game. Like, they, like I don't think, because like you said, you're not going to get that outside again. You're not going to be able to go to all those fourth down plays again. It's going to be a situation where you're going to have to come out, not hot, you don't have to come out hot, but you have to come out with an offense that's going to be able to do something in the first half of this game.
0: Do you um, Do you subscribe to the belief that since this is homecoming week, you know, maybe they, and I mean, playing at home in general, but then also maybe... Getting the homecoming boost, do you think that that'll help North Texas? No,
1: I've never seen a homecoming boost in as a North Texas fan in my life.
0: Well, I feel like most North Texas homecomings in our lifetimes uh, have been against UTEP, and those have usually been wins. Right, right. (laughs) I'm a little thrown off right now that they got Memphis as the homecoming game. I don't know. uh, my more my more
1: overarching concern into this is that (laughs) North Texas comes out. I don't want to say flat, but comes out in a way that that isn't pleasing to fans expectations. And then it comes, goes back to the same thing where it's like, Oh, well maybe this team isn't good. Whereas I think that would be unfair to hold them to that. Cause like I said, I think it's gonna be really hard to put up two good performances. Like if they lose by two touchdowns, like I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, it's awful. Obviously it depends on how the way it happens. Right? Like if Chandler Rogers yeah. throws two pick sixes or something like that, Ani style, and that's a problem. Yeah. But if they just lose by two touchdowns, I'm not going to come up here uh, on the reaction pod and be like, Oh, this team is not what we thought they were because I think it's gonna just be really hard to to get up for two weeks.
0: Yeah. I think our perception of this team is very fair right now. We're not holding it to a standard of, oh, you have to, you know, cover the spread even seven and a half against yeah. Memphis. I mean, last week last week, in my opinion, probably bought him some time in terms of getting a win. Like we wanted to see improvement week after week. We saw that against Tulane. lane we saw the defense take steps forward we saw rogers be awesome um we saw them do it against good defense even so now i think going into this game we say all right the offense is going to score points i'm fairly confident i think memphis's defense is good i think it's honest it's not on the level of Tulane, but it's up there like you said so if the offense scores 28 points again i'm gonna leave very happy with that mm-hmm. the defense I can't expect them to hold Memphis to 27 points. Right. Like I I can't expect that. So that's where it comes in is like, all right, how serious do you want to take um, the results here? And I think it's really a no loss situation here because North Texas showed last week, it was competitive. North Texas offense will be competent again. The only thing that can go wrong, obviously is if you get blown out at home and, on one hand, that would remind us a lot of the Seth Luttrell games where, you know, those are the big games and you get blown out. However, I'm just going to go back to that two-lane game. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you if, if they get blown out against Memphis and fans are like, oh, you know, this is Seth Luttrell over again, I'm just going to turn around to last week because that two-lane performance is something that, like I said, did not happen under Seth Luttrell. Never. That type of comeback, that type of resilience, that type of adjustments – um to make those plays and almost get a win on the road against t- a top 25 team was incredible so i again i think it's he's bought himself enough time and he you know in the press conference he was like you know we're not here for moral victories and i think he said all the right things i wonder if you watched our podcast side note i doubt it where where i was like but you if know, you're
1: listening come on the pod
0: yes <laughs> come on the pod <laughs> uh we we do accept uh this year only we are accepting some moral victories so yeah. um yeah some wins on paper Wink, wink. yeah cash those in while you can let me tell you that um but yeah memphis this week i don't want to say i have low expectations but i think i'm just open-minded i think that's a way of yeah it it's home. it's
1: well because we've not one we haven't seen a north texas team that has had a had to i guess recover from such a performance you know like the, like a like uh what was the word you used earlier i guess exhausting performance to try to come back like we've never yeah. seen really seen that and then two we've also never seen an eric morris team like we don't know what he's in it what this team's going to do after a performance like that so um I'm, I'm with you i'm open-minded um obviously outside of a win what are you looking for like go to the game they lose what are you looking for from this team because obviously what we wanted against Tulane was competitiveness that's what we were yeah. looking for an improvement what's the improvement against Memphis
0: for you if, if the defense sustains what it showed in the second half against Tulane yeah if this defense holds Memphis to under poof if they hold the Memphis to under 35 points yeah I was just gonna say that I'm going to rip my shirt off and start going crazy I'm, i might go for the stone cold steve austin if they hold memphis mm. under 35 points um yeah that's what i can do if they if under 35 points i will do the stone cold steve austin i don't think you're allowed to until you go bald <laughs> i'm not going bald you're going bald i'm coming back <laughs> you're not coming back we'll get to that later but um yeah i think if the defense shows consistency and or at least you know like I said, 35 or less points. Under 35 points is a massive win because – and I don't think I'm setting standards too low because this was a defense that couldn't get a stop against La Tech, like Abilene Christian, FIU, going on yeah. the list. That will have been back-to-back games against – Memphis, to me, is probably a top 40 team in the country. Like that's back-to-back games against very high-level competition that you have shown um, improvement and consistency, and that would be huge there. So the defense is what I'm looking for here.
1: Yeah, for me, I think it's going to be offensive start. Obviously, I know this team can score points, but I'd like them to not put pressure on the defense early um, and have to play from behind. Uh, So I think for me, it's going to be trying to get a score on that first
0: or second drive. Real quick, um, Chandler Rogers, I mean, there's really nothing nothing more to say. But the more I think about this team, the more I go into every game saying North Texas has a chance because of him. Like, he is going to finish the game like – 31 of 45 and for 300 something yards and they're going to have a chance to win because of him and I know against um Tulane they didn't they weren't able to you know get down in the end zone to tie the game or win the game but I mean he is just so good and Jamory Macklin is so good that I I trust in them to score points against anybody.
1: I think it's really interesting of his path for his career because obviously he played at ULM and he had to kind of shoulder the team. And I feel like that's really helped him at North Texas able to because he's been under that pressure. It's just easier now because he has... I mean, we heard him in the interview. He has, one, resources just in general with his team. And then, two, you have a lot more talent than he had at ULM. So he's probably... Like this is easier. I can I can, I can do this. I've been here, so I think that's the really. Just, I mean, 14 touchdowns, one pick. Like, come on. So that's good. crazy. Whereas so. you look at Seth Hennigan, uh,
0: 15 touchdowns, seven picks. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they're throwing the ball a lot. Memphis is. Uh, they throw the ball to the running back a lot. Uh, there's. It's going to be an interesting kind of air raid type game. You said the over was at 69. That's a yeah. very high total. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so. Um, I do want to also say, <clears throat> the UTSA game in two Saturdays is more important to me than this. This map. Two Saturday game. is
1: it? Two Saturdays? Do we have two buys?
0: It's no. It's November fourth. Well, it's not this Saturday. It's the it's the following. Oh, Saturday. duh. I'm thinking it's already in my fault. I game. worded that weird. I can't lie. But I, I got what you mean. I got what you mean. Yeah, in the following Saturday to me means a lot more.
1: Like I'll say this: if North Texas again, I expect them to be competitive in this game. If they are then I expect to win against UTSA.
0: We'll see. Who does UTSA play this week? Because UTSA has been um, looking damn good. They play East Carolina. Okay, they should be. They should take care of East Carolina. ECU. Yeah. They should take care of ECU. Um, that will be a fascinating game. If North Texas shows it, like, you know, loses by 7 or loses by 10 and is competitive here, that sets up for a very, very interesting game against UTSA in, it, uh, in the following week. I'm yeah. excited about that. So, um, all right. Anything else? Do we jump to do our pick?
1: Your, want, yeah, pick them. I'm good. To pick them.
0: All
1: right. Uh, let me pull up the doc. Oh, I'm terrified of this. Okay. So I got one point back last time. I'm down three. Updated
0: mm. score Colin. Um, where'd it go? Colin 15, Bruni 18? I think so. I Think that's the correct score. Sounds it, was, correct. it was 16 to 12 going into the last week and you won 3 2. So yes. Bruni 18, Colin 15. All right. Here we go. North Texas versus Memphis. I'm muted myself. Sorry. Do you want to start us off?
1: Um
0: yes. Go ahead. Over, under – I'll just do what
1: you said earlier. Over, under Memphis points,
0: 34.5. Do I have to – oh, I have to pick first? Um. Yeah,
1: it's my, my. –
0: <laughs> I think that's a pretty good line. I want to I wanna look at what the Vegas betting line is, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of close to it, I would assume. Or it might be a little higher, like 38 or something. I can't. 34 and a half, I can't. If it was 35 and a half, I would take the under. Mm. 34 and a half, I don't think I can take the under. there. And I North Texas could win a game where maybe Memphis scores 35 points. They could. But I'm going to take the, the over Memphis team total there.
1: I'm so glad you picked the over. Oh, I wanted the under desperately there. Wow. All
0: right, you have fun. I, I Again, I think North Texas defense was very, very good in the second half. I think it showed improvement. I am p- positive about the defense, yes, but I'm still scared. <laughs> still still concerned, not yeah, quite wait. all the way around yet.
1: North Texas is not allowed over thirty five points in Slaw Tech. <laughs> that's that's thirty one
0: what... to Evelyn Christian. Yeah. That's, and FIU that before it, that was what? It, that's that's
1: before La tech
0: oh I'm talking about since La tech So since La tech it's been abilene Christian Temple, 31 and, and 27
1: 14 35. You know 35 on the dot, you know we're we're towing the line obviously. Oh my god. But the goal is to be at 34 34
0: points.
1: All right. Do you have um, a second one offensive? Yeah, let me get
0: specific. Let's get specific here. Get very specific here, okay. Or I mean that very specific it could be like a prop of player or something, I don't know.
1: Oh, I like this. Over under Chandler Rogers passing attempts. 40. Oh,
0: man. Um, For the year, Chandler Rogers has attempted 220 passes in seven games. So what is that about 32, 31? Uh,
1: that's like 34. That's not 34, Colin. Well, he has 51, 39, 36, and 40. So it's not 32.
0: Colin, 220 divided by
1: seven. I'm just telling you, how can you average 32 if you've only had if your lowest is 32?
0: I don't know, Colin. I don't know. I'm just telling you that it's 220. It, at least it says it on sports reference right here. 220 divided by Let 12%. me let me do
1: some quick math right here. Also, don't forget
0: Stone Earl started for uh 40, uh has thrown 40 passes. So I don't know if you're including those.
1: Uh this is only this is not showing. Um FIU.
0: Actually, and it's probably only six games because Chandler probably barely played in those other ones.
1: So okay, not including FIU, he's averaging 34 passes a game.
0: Okay. Or not including the Cal, right?
1: Oh, oh, not including Cal. I did the math he didn't 51, Sorry. Now I have to know this number. I'm it doesn't matter, to Colin. He's like four thirty-five. Just set the line. 39.6 in the last five games. Over under.
0: 41 and a half. 41 and a half? Yep. I feel like you raised that up to try to get me to take the over because, you know, I want to take the over, and you're trying to get as much juice as possible here. Mm. I can't bet on him throwing 41, 42 passes. That's that's so many. Um, His last five games, it
1: was 51, 39, 32, 36, Yeah, 40. give me the
0: under. I think that's oh, a bad line. I
1: wanted the over on that. Let's go. Oh okay. let's right, go. On. This oh, is big. This is big. Wait, we're forty-one the, point five, right? Throw the ball. Forty-one and a half. Yeah. Throw right. the ball. What do you mean? This is this is this is gonna be a shootout. Over under sixty-nine. Yeah. Come on.
0: Come on. Okay. Um. Give me. What is? Let's see. Let's see. Let me think for a second. I mean, we gotta come back to a Jamory Macklin prop, right? I feel like have we do to. one every every, we uh, every week, but I like we it every to. week. It's great we every to. week. All right, here's an interesting one. Jamori Macklin yards per reception for the year. He averages nineteen point nine.
1: Nineteen point nine. God, this one's gonna be one of those ones where he gets like a check down in like the fourth quarter and a room. I mean, yeah, our- it is. All right.
0: <laughs> Over under Colin. Nineteen under and a half.
1: 19 and a half.
0: Yards per reception.
1: Oh, man. This. Okay. Okay. Let me think this through. Is Memphis?
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Talk to it.
1: I think it's an easy under.
0: Ooh.
1: I think, he, I think he's going to have to throw short to short routes for Macklin because it's against a better defense. He only averaged nine a reception against Tulane on eight mm. receptions. You Close might've just here. destroyed yourself. I'm up three zero in takes, my mind. Colin, but 3-0. all it
0: takes is one big one play, one 45 yard play and you're done.
1: One 45 yard play against a really good defense. Just one.
0: Also. Yeah. nine.
1: I think that stats inflated because of those two Grappling receptions Christian. that he had of like 60 yards. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. We'll see. We'll see if you're right. There's one. Uh second one. Let's go defense here. Here we go. M- Memphis How do I how do I word this? How do I do this? Okay. Memphis over under 39.5% conversion percentage on third downs.
1: What are we doing right now? What kind of stats are we keeping track of? I love this number. <laughs> third, third down I don't even 43. have to check the that average for the year. What are you doing? It's not
0: that hard to check, Colin. Let's calm down.
1: Well, I right now I'm just on ESPN. No,
0: I'm only worried about how we're gonna fit that in the graphic.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna put thirty nine would you say thirty what was it?
0: Thirty nine point five.
1: Thirty nine point I'm just gonna put thirty nine point five and then put uh third down conversion rate. Third down, here. Yeah, I got it. Here. No, I get it.
0: I, it's fine. It's fine.
1: We got it. We got it.
0: I was gonna give you the stats if you wanted it.
1: Yeah, tell me the stats though. I do. I do need that.
0: They're not in the top fifty. Oh, this is no. Yeah, this is offense. Memphis. Memphis for the year converts forty one point two percent of its third downs.
1: And do I think it's gonna be under that or over that? What Tulane have last week?
0: I don't know, Colin. I'm not helping you. God,
1: third down efficiency seven fifteen. That's right about there. Let's go. Uh...
0: This could be the difference right here. Let's go over. Okay.
1: Let's go over. All right. Well, I I'm, believe in this I'm, defense. I'm, apparently, so, I'm so confident. You believe in this defense, but you took the over on points. That's crazy. Yeah, we're gonna split this one right <laughs> down the middle. <laughs> um. Okay. Score prediction.
0: Um, give me Memphis 38 to 28, 38, 28 Memphis. Okay.
1: Okay. I need Chandler Rogers to throw the ball. I need under 34 and half points.
0: Yeah. I'm taking the under in this game. I guess what is that? 66 points. There you
1: go. Something like that. I'm going to go. Oh man. I guess I'll go – do I predict a North Texas win here? Do it. Man, do if it. I got the win, that just leaves no doubt for the score prediction thing too. I'm still I mean, swing large. Um, or, or you
0: could just pick a – okay, do whatever you want. Go ahead.
1: I'm just going to go – I'm going to go 34-31 Memphis.
0: Okay. All right.
1: All right, there you go. There's our pick-em. So in the event that it's 38 to 34 who would win that? I don't know. It's to wash.
0: Wash. Okay, that's fine. It's with too me. close just, to wash. I just I just wasn't sure. Okay. I think most scenarios though is it's either Memphis blowout win which would be me or it's a close game or North Texas win
1: which would, which be, would be me. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure just just like where we'll we had it clear, because I don't know. We might be a little hostile if you know I'm up some points and you're trying to get one back.
0: So just need to just need to be sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to this. We'll be good. Um, all right. There's our pick'em. Uh anything else before we jump over to basketball? I think that's it. All right. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube side, um, thank y'all for watching this this part of it. Part one. And um, check us out on the basketball side. But, Colin, let's talk basketball now. Hmm. North Texas begins its season. Actually, the the exhibition is on the 29th in the PMAC. Oh, so so we're very close to that. So um, they'll play Sam Houston State in the exhibition game. Also, a late addition to the schedule was Northern Iowa at home on November 7th to open the season. And let me just say, that game is a phenomenal pickup. Between two awesome mid major programs. Yeah, you and I Northern great. Iowa. Let me get their Ken palm up. I mean, shoot,
1: um do you remember that was it weren't they the team that beat uh was it AM, A&M or Tech A&M. They, I think and, they lost
0: to AM on a big comeback in the tournament. But I thought then they, they won not AM. No, they beat uh they beat a one seed one year. Like, it was like in like the last
1: forty five seconds they scored like yeah. eight points or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ken Palm has Northern Iowa as the number 98 team in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, two years ago, they were 91, 91st in the country. 2020, they were the 49th team in the country. Um, they've been kind of up and down in like the 100 range for a while. Um, but Ken Palm has them at 98 going into the year. This very well could be a matchup of two top 100 teams. And I wanted to give a shout out to obviously Ross Hodge and everybody for making that game possible because now if you look at the schedule as a whole you're talking northern iowa you're talking the uh charleston classic which has st john's in the first round which is a monster monster game and then obviously the winner or loser of lsu and dayton another monster game there so you're talking two huge games at the very least um from that and then the third game will be tbd so we're that's already four games we presume against top 100 teams
1: I mean, and you go down the list. I mean, you got Mississippi State. You got Boise State. I don't think Boise was good last year, though. I can't remember off the top of my head. Boise? I thought, I thought Boise was Maybe I'm thinking about football. They were good last year. I mean, St. Boise, John's.
0: Boise State last year was – yeah, well, I already mentioned St. John's. Sorry. In the tournament. Boise State last year was 37th in the country. Made the tournament as a 10 seed.
1: That's what it was. It was their football that sucked. Right. Because yeah. we played them. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mississippi State. I mean, I really—it's really cool to see
0: actual teams. Shit, is Fordham good? I think Fordham's pretty good. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh they're okay. They're average.
1: But it's 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 cool not to see like a Nazarene Southern Nazarene on there. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing teams that like people see. On I team. mean,
0: yeah. Again, the only games where you don't have to watch is Mississippi Valley State. Angelo State, which I don't think Angelo State's up, but Angelo State and LSU Shreveport. Yeah, those are the only three. And I mean, heck, outside of that, UT Arlington, Mississippi State, Fordham, Boise State, um, Charleston Classic, and Northern Iowa.
1: We'll be at the Charleston Classic.
0: We will be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. Uh, credentials were submitted. So, we'll
1: um, looking at the schedule, do you expect them? Like, like, obviously, it's way too early. I Maybe I don't know. Expectation wise,
0: no. Let's do expectations. If That's you, when good. you,
1: when you look at this non-conference schedule, unless you want to do overall, but when you look at this non-conference schedule, you see Mississippi State, Boise State. Uh, you went down the list, St. John's, you and I. Like, out of those four big games, how many you want them to win?
0: Because to be me,
1: because to because I mean, there'll be more in the Charleston Classic, obviously, but they're TBD. Yeah, but I, I'd say like three and one out of those four
0: three and one out of northern Iowa St John's Mississippi state and Boise yeah calling oh, that is whew.
1: no I have been two and two How's good St John right now
0: St John's been? is very good I Didn't think they have got 25 votes. last year Saint, Saint, tw- no they got they got top 25 votes oh am I thinking uh was Saint Mary's down last year no St Mary's a pretty good
1: Just getting all confused.
0: So that's I'm taking the two and two there. I would be thrilled. Two and, two. Two, and two. Mississippi State made the tournament last year. St. John's is going to be Mississippi State. Very Boise good. made it. Boise made the tournament last year. Like, if they go two and two again, let's say ideally you want to beat Northern Iowa to start the year at home. Right. That's a game of the caliber of a UAB. That's yeah. a Game of the caliber of probably a Tulane. Uh, you know that the top upper tier of of the American maybe not the top top tier like Memphis and FAU but a tier below that that's kind of where Northern Iowa is so I mean you want to win that game I go into the Shriners Classic saying you want to win one of the first two between St. John's Dayton or LSU you want to win one of those two games and then the third one I don't know who they could play but St. John's
1: um, is 60 on Ken Palm right now
0: Still, a very tough game. If Go Kimpom. Also, Mississippi State is like twenty-seven or something. Are they actually? Yeah, I mean, dude, they were good last year. Now, They're the thing about Mississippi State though is they don't have Tolu Smith, uh, their all-conference center for the yeah. first like few months of the year. So, regardless of those games, I would love to go two and two. Um, you know, I think if you look big picture wise, if you had two more games of the Charleston Classic. 3-3 three and three maybe, some somewhere along that. They don't need a ton of non-conference wins. Like, if we're talking at-large bids, if you beat Northern Iowa and you beat Boise, let's say, yeah. and you keep it competitive with Mississippi State and um, St. John's and whatnot, and you, let's say you get one win at the Charleston Classic, that's more than enough if you beat everybody else you're supposed to beat, like Fordham and UTA. So you do that. And then you have a good non-conference run or you have a good conference run. Yeah. You'll be in the top fifty in the net and Ken Palm and stuff again. Last year they were top 50 and they didn't make the tournament, but they didn't have enough, you know, of those quality wins in the non-conference. So um yeah, I, I when set expectations non-conference-wise, you want to see them beat northern Iowa. I think that's the main thing. And then you want to see them pick up one, maybe two more wins from that tough slate I, i've already said one charleston classic win and potentially a win over um boise or mississippi state would be that's like ideal i might sound like that's too much honestly but i don't know this team was a top 30 i feel like i feel was like the, the first best it's... team in the country last year on the net and on well,
1: i also feel like it's fair because you didn't like although you lost grant it's not really a transition
0: so let's talk about that are yeah. we underestimating the potential impact of not only losing grant, but losing also obviously Tyler Perry and Abu and whatnot. Like I mean, are we underselling the turnover on this team?
1: I don't think we're just saying the turnover because we've seen it recover in the past. Fine. Like you lose JV on boom. Tyler Perry comes in. You're fine. You lose mm-hmm. Zach. Boom. Someone else comes in Abu uh, or Moulay. Um, I don't think the turnover portion we're underselling because we've seen that fixed before. I don't know about the coaching. I feel like I'm of the mindset of this is just, we're just going to keep this thing going. Yeah. But with them changing the offense, I don't know what that's going to do to affect the opposing team. Right. Cause obviously you grind them down, but if you're playing faster, you're playing more into another teams like a, like Boise, for example, you're playing more into how they are going to play. They're going to play more running as, as opposed to just like getting no possessions a game. Now, defensively, I think they'll be just great like they always are because Ross was the architect of that. But I guess yeah. offensively, it it might cause some things to happen.
0: Well, I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand. And we've seen them do this year after year where they take turnover and whatnot, they plug in new guys, and they, they have the returners that they have, which makes us feel a lot better. But not only is this not Grant, this is – you know Coach B's not there anymore, Coach Reem's not there anymore. You go down the list and it becomes very quickly like this is a very different staff than the one that was two years ago that there was two years Oh ago. yeah, for sure. Like this is Ross with Coach Estelle now, Coach Forte now, Coach Shaw, who we love from TBT, has gotten promoted to an assistant coaching job. This is all very, very new. And while i am with you in that we've seen Ross is defense and we know they have rotated guys in, it's still it's still something that they're going to have to adjust to. And at the first sign of, you know, obviously adversity, let's say they lose to Northern Iowa. Two years ago, we said, all right, Grant Ross, coach B, blah, 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 blah. We'll can fix this. And they did this year. I don't, we, we nobody knows they don't even know how exactly it's going to play out. Right. It's, it's going to be, I think that is worth noting. That is, there could be a few lumps in there. I think it's
1: something, but I don't know if it's, if it's, I think I think it's definitely something that when a coach changed, but I think the culture that they both instilled and in how involved Ross was before. I'm not sure it's going to be something where we need to, like I don't know I don't know how many wins it actually affects. Right, like I don't know if you lose two games because of it or if you lose five games because of it. But I think that this team is still. I think it's fair to this team to still have really high expectations.
0: No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I just said that they were going to win three of those freaking non-conference games against top 50, top 60 teams. So I obviously expect them to be very good. Um, The question obviously then becomes in conference play when you're seeing familiar teams, again, your coaching matters, I think more in the conference season and stuff, and you maybe have to face some adversity with injuries or whatnot. I think there are questions, like you said, the offense is another one. That's going to be fascinating to watch how that unfolds. Um, You know, Forte and Estelle are respected coaches there's a lot of um I think I just I I asked if we're underselling the turnover because I don't want to go into this year as thinking all right this is just another North Texas team because it's not it's not Grant McCaslin' team this is the start of a new era to me like right. this is very much the start of something different it could be better could be worse could be this could be the same it could be the exact same but it's the start of something kind of different so i'm i'm interested in that now when it comes to overall like season like non-conference and we don't have to make our predictions per se but like going into the year where you're predicted was it sixth in the conference yeah uh from was that the meteor coaches whoever and you're in a very good competitive conference do you say because over the summer i was like third top three is my expectation for this mm-hmm. team that's the standard north texas should be at are we still there i'm trying to see the order of who's above them where it's, it's memphis one or no it's fau one memphis, memphis two, two 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 lane
1: three i'm trying to find it but i'm having trouble finding it you well, said uab and tulane are two more they, you have to be the american is clearly better and we talked about this with football a lot you know, they're like you're playing a Wichita State instead of a UTSA. Like that's well, UTSA
0: is also in the conference. Calling, don't forget. Well, th-
1: what I mean is like that caliber. Like there's lots of caliber of those teams in yeah. in Conference USA. Whereas like middle of the pack, you're still playing a Wichita State. I mean, you're playing a lot. Of, I mean, Temple for example, Tulsa, Tulsa uh,
0: in a secret scrimmage apparently beat LSU. So
1: yeah, so you're playing you're playing against better competition now. I don't think it is unfair to expect them to still beat those teams because i think you need to hold like it's, it's a top 50 40 team whatever you want this team to be if you want it to be a tournament team it has to be make those wins if you don't think it'll be a tournament team then sure we can go into the season saying oh they'll lose a couple of these or you know growing pains but if you think this team's going to be a tournament team again and you want that expectation you need to make sure that you beat the teams that are up to a memphis and fau like you can't lose against the tulane uh both times you can't lose to wichita state you can't lose to Tulsa um so if you want to be if 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 your expectation is sixth sure but if I for me I think if you're going to continue this thing you have to hold them to I'm going to they're going to be these teams
0: you know what's crazy is in order to make the tournament with an at-large bid they're probably gonna to have to go something like what nine and three in non-conference mm-hmm. and then something like 14 and four in conference, right? So we're looking at a 23 and seven record in the for the season to get at large potentially. Like we started laying out what it would take, and then obviously a couple wins in the tournament, in the conference tournament, and then maybe losing at the end. Like if we're talking at large wise, yeah. which I think is fair to talk about now that they're in the American because strength of schedule is much less of a hindrance going into the year. So, like. 23 and 7 is now what it's gonna take. Right. Can you get to that mark? Because that's not an easy mark. And you're well, not, like you said, you're not just playing UAB twice and be like, oh, this is a big game. Let's get up for them. You have um in a three-game stretch, you have SMU, FAU, and UAB in a six-day stretch. Yeah. Can you win two out of those three? Potentially all three of them? Like I don't know i'm just it's it's very much like you're gonna have to win those games like last year they lost to fau both times in nail biting fashion it was terribly painful can you win those games can you win one of those games like that's the key and so now not only is this a new staff new team blah 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 the expectation is the same but the level of competition has raised and now you have to match it right it's, so that's, it's, but, that, it's, but that's
1: everything everyone's always asked for though
0: yes 100 so now, now
1: so now's the time to do it you're playing uh, yeah, no, i'm not giving them a no, 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 i know you're not but i'm saying that for like like i don't what i don't want is for us to go i know we probably won't do it but for people like if we go into this season it's like they are having trouble i think it's it would be it's un. i think it would be unfair to the fans for us to be like oh we'll give them a pass this year
0: no, yeah, I'm not. I think I'm not giving true. them a pass. Um, yeah, we're going to be very hard on them. I think, Um probably because we have built up, we've pent up aggression from holding back on the football team. So <laughs> yeah, we're just going to let it all loose. If they lose to Northern Iowa, man, you know. Well, up. what about you?
1: I mean, I said that they should be beating those teams. What do you think they should no, do? No, I,
0: I, I agree. I okay. mean, if they, if I said they're only going to lose three games in non-conference, then that's we're going into conference saying. Wichita State, Tulane are your first two games. Like, yeah. (laughs) that's right off the bat, two very good teams. uh, Expect you to beat Wichita State on the road, nonetheless, and then come back to the Super Pit. You're probably going to have to beat Tulane at home. And then Temple and East Carolina. East Carolina was the other team that was picked ahead of North Texas. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know ECU got a LSU transfer in Cam Hayes, who was actually pretty freaking good. Um, But I don't know who else is on their roster. Regardless. Like that's another team that's going to be a problem. So yeah, all in all, I mean, if I'm being kind of realistic, I think a 12 and six conference season would be fantastic. And that's probably gonna put you in the top three. Um, will it guarantee you a at large bid? Definitely not. But you know, who will see how the we'll have to see how the year plays out and everything. I don't know. I don't wanna I don't wanna go into the year saying it's only a success if they make the tournament. Do you think that? they should say that because i think no i would say no because you're playing against competition
1: that is a lot better and i I mean and i don't mean that in the sense of like like because it's harder for them to get into the tournament it's it'd be because we're going to see wins against better teams and i think that's also important so like for example like if they beat memphis once and they beat fau once and they sweep wichita state and smu and that and are still top three in a conference, like, yeah, that's a really good year. I think that's that's like really, really good. If they don't make the tournament at large because they lose to a Memphis or an FAU in the tournament, then okay, that's that's what a good basketball that's what happens in a good basketball conference. Teams yeah. not not the best team doesn't always make it every time because there's so many other good teams. Um, but again, that's all in context of what actually happens, right? If they don't make three and they don't make the tournament, then yeah, I'll be upset. Like if they make fifth and they don't make the tournament and their only chance at it is Making yeah. a run in the tournament, then they'll be like, Yeah, that's a bust. But if you're top three, got a chance at the at large. I think as long as you have a chance at the at large for North Texas year in and year out, I think that's a successful season every year. Because that's all you can ask for in a good good basketball conference, unless you're a tech, unless you're, you know, those crazy, crazy good yeah. basketball teams. Yeah, big twelve is different.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, that's again for an American conference that last year only had two teams in the tournament, I'm pretty sure in Houston and Memphis, like now you're adding fau north texas uab those caliber of teams i'm i'm just interested to see how the strength of schedule balances out things out and how it kind of impacts the perception right. of these teams and how it goes um but yeah i i think i, I agree with you 100 here's a, here's a question
1: do you think that fandom finally goes up with seeing actual teams play this team like wichita state obviously huge basketball history smu rivalry Uh, Memphis, FAU, obviously, last year in the tournament. Like, I feel like there's a lot more buzz around these games, but do you think it translates to actually putting people in seats?
0: I don't think so. Um, I I think the thing that we should be happy about is that these games are getting televised more, if you look at them. Wichita State, ESPN2, Tulane, ESPNU, Temple, ESPNU, SMU, ESPN2, FAU, ESPN2. And if these teams are good, and they're, like, all – like, if you're getting a top-50 matchup, in the non-conference people will hype it up yeah like you'll be watching a game and franford will be like oh man north texas fau this week. yeah yeah tune into that blah 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 like this that's the type of attention i i look guys i gave up on north texas being an athletic school as far as people showing up to the games a while ago they'll show up to nit champion like you know nit game yeah. CBI championship the those championship type games they'll show up for, but I'm not expecting them to show up for North Texas versus East Carolina or something like that, even if it is a big game. I I mean they'll show up and it'll be fine. But if yeah,
1: you're not fill you're not yeah, selling out
0: Oh, they're definitely not selling out the super Pit. No, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get, get as much as you can in there. And I don't think that really matters. Just win the damn games. Uh all I care about is what's going on on the court. But yeah, that's my expectations. I did want to talk about real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Rondell Walker is one of the those of the hundreds, seemingly, of NCAA athletes that is on a two-time waiver request, um, obviously going up to Oklahoma State, uh, from Oklahoma State to, T- to TCU, TCU to North Texas. Um, I mean, you go down the list of schools, I think almost every con- school in the country has probably at least one. LSU has one, West mm-hmm. Wake Forest, I know, has one. Um, because the NCAA made it so unclear that they were actually going to take this seriously. Initially, it seemed like they were going to just sign off on all the waivers and let players transfer whenever. And now they want to put their foot in the ground and say, no, you can't do this. So they have, through the football season, denied several waivers. Um, Eventually, they started letting some play. I, I don't know. But if Rondell Walker cannot play, which we don't know anything, but if he cannot play, do you think that is a big shot? Do you still believe in the depth? Do you still believe in the talent? Because I don't know if he was going to start, anyways. Um, but where do you think that puts North Texas in terms of options?
1: It happened at the guard position, so I'm unfazed. There's so many good guards. Uh, was sorry, should be so many good guards on this team. I mean, uh, you go down the list, bugs. Uh, oh, I just had them all up here. Bugs, Jason Edwards, uh, case, yeah, Jason Edwards. You already have uh, Ruben. Like, those three alone, you're like, okay, we're good. CJ so, Noland. CJ Noland, another transfer. So you already have the three guys, and then it depends on, like you said, you don't even know if he's going to start. Um, yeah. We have no idea how many minutes he was going to play. Now, I think that it, in terms of, I guess, depth for the season, it could hurt, maybe. But to start off, like, I don't think it really affects this team in terms of who was going to play. You might add a couple more minutes to John – bugs or something like that but this team doesn't play deep anyways it's always been such a low rotation that yeah i mean we didn't even
0: mention you know christian moore i've heard good things about yeah uh over the offseason that he obviously showed flashes last year matt stone i think is going to be a rotation piece for this team um we forget i mean cj nolan and Ruben jones being six five six five matt stone being six four i feel pretty good about their um, size on the perimeter anyways going into the year if this had happened to a front court player, I'd be much more.
1: We'd concerned. be concerned for sure.
0: If you know yeah. Robert Allen was unable yeah. to play, then we are quickly panicking and.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'd be pretty <laughs> upset about that.
0: Yeah, but um, like you said, at the guard spot, I still feel pretty good. This it's a lot. Jason Edwards is a lot more important. John Buggs very important. Ruben Jones. Um, we haven't seen C.J. Nolan, but we'll see if he can live up to the hype. So, those type of players, I. I agree. I don't think it's a huge blow, but, you know, Rondell's obviously a very good player and hopefully he stays. And well, I mean, I don't think he would have a choice at that point, but yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how his situation works out, but yeah, he would have an, he still has another year or two of eligibility. So hopefully we can get him on the court next year. If if that is the case if he doesn't get the waiver accepted. Yeah. All right, Colin, there you go. Um, Anything else before we go? No. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, good luck on your gardening. It's um, only if it doesn't rain. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll let keep us updated. When is this yeah. happening? Saturday? Yeah. Morning? Afternoon? Probably an all-day thing. All day. Well, North yeah. Texas versus SMU. Or North Texas versus SMU. Well, I'll Memphis. be
1: watching. I'll be watching. Don't you worry. Don't 2 o'clock.
0: Worry. Colin, you got yeah. set the TV up outside. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. to 2 o'clock. Where, there you
1: go. Then there you have yeah, the all four right. hours after <laughs>
0: All right, um, if you're watching on the YouTube side, we appreciate you for, for watching. If you haven't already, go check out the football video that we did. Um, and if you're listening, uh, thank you all for checking out the podcast on Apple, Spotify, leave us a five-star rating and review. Wherever you're listening, shout-out to the Republic of Football. Shout-out to Home Field Apparel, 15% off with the code Green.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, updated YouTube subscribers. We hit the 270 mark, so I'm going to need 300 now. Uh, let's give you guys uh, – we got Memphis, and then we got uh, – you- for the UTSA game, I want 300. Okay. That's a lot. That's asking a lot.
0: There you actually. go. There you that's gotta go. That's what I up. want. Got to go up about 10% 30. in subs in the next eight <laughs> days. Yeah. How many do we have? I think it is 270.
1: Oh, say 272. Come We're on. We're like one a day. Yeah, I mean, we need two a day.
0: That's all. We need like three a day.
1: What are we, what are we asking for here? Not a lot. Yeah. Come on.
0: All right, guys. All right. We'll talk to you all later. See you.